you stop playing, nigga. Y'all nigga know what the fuck going on. Big 4L. Big steppers. Big footprints. Pussy. Welcome back to Full L. We are back. It's, it, it's, it has been a very, very humid day in the 757. But um, Drift, got Drift in the building. How you living, G? I'm chill, man. I had a, I had a long weekend. Uh, Lug Tug was in Cincinnati, which is like a, it's like a Red Bull event. They do once a year and they just like fly fucking like hang gliders off like into the river it was crazy uh good time but other than that man I'm, i've been just chilling uh joe i heard i saw you were down in dayton man how's it going so you got some skyline chilling? Yeah, yes sir i blessed ohio with my presence and oh, yeah. i tried some skyline chili man off your recommendation i liked it i'm not even gonna lie i did the five way and got a coney dog it was good it's like it doesn't sound like it would be good, but it is. It's kind of hard to describe, honestly. No, that it's per, that's the perfect way to describe it. I saw Tommy, uh, Tommy Smokes or whatever the the Barstool dude. He was yeah. down. He was down in Cincy for uh, this past weekend for that for that Red Bull shit, and he did a review. And his review was like, since the best way to describe Cincinnati is all the food looks like it's supposed to suck, but it's like actually good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I ain't gonna lie, that shit. It I did a Google search and um it, it looked it I ain't gonna lie, it looked crazy, but it's famous for a reason. Like they wouldn't have a chain of restaurants and you know Cincinnati style chili. They wouldn't do all this for no reason. So I, I you know, if they ever put a skyline chili in Virginia or if I ever find myself in Ohio. I'm gonna have to do the Skyline Chili Challenge, the Foel Skyline Chili Challenge. Um, that's the best thing about America. Like America got its own shit. Like I grew up, probably me and Joe grew up eating Carolina style barbecue, and mm-hmm. I thought that Carolina style barbecue, even though it got Carolina in the name. I thought that was just everywhere. Like everybody, everybody ate vinegar, like vinegar style. Like I thought everybody did that shit till I went somewhere else. And when I was eating a barbecue and ain't, I was like, yo, what the fuck is this? What is this? This ain't right. What a coleslaw at. What a, this ain't. And somebody had an old head had this and, and the old head knew I was from uh, Virginia, from Southern Virginia. He was like, oh no, nah, you used to Carolina style. Like <laughs> it's different kinds. I had to be educated. I wasn't even like 12 or nothing. I was grown. Like, so when you when you locked in certain regions, you just get used to certain shit. <laughs> you don't even be thinking it's another way to do it sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, for seriously, there's I, I think the Midwest has a lot of that. Like Detroit has um like Coney Island. Uh, if you guys have ever heard of that, like yeah, they have a bunch of uh a bunch of restaurants that are just like called Coney Islands. And I never, I never had heard of that shit. And I lived on the West side of Michigan and I, I like, I lived in Michigan and I never heard of Coney Islands. And then I moved to Detroit 
And everybody's like, oh, we're going to Coney Island. And I was like, you're going to Coney Island to get Coney's? Like, it's breakfast Back time. in Brooklyn. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, and you going right now to get breakfast? It's like, it'll be like 10 in the morning. We're going to Coney Island. I'm like, why are we going to Coney Island? You get there, it's like, it's like they got everything. They got breakfast food. They got lunch, dinner. They got everything you could possibly want. It's just like an old school diner, and they just call it Coney Island. But it's like only in Detroit. So I feel like, you know, like, yeah, I mean, if you've been to Detroit, I mean, Joe, have you ever been to Coney Island? Like at all, like Leo's or something like no. that? No, not go to Detroit, which is kind of weird. Yeah, you gotta hit you gotta hit Leo's when you're there next. It's like mediocre food, but it's cheap and they got everything. So it's like the perfect place to go all the time. You know, what I mean, if you're not if well, you we don't spend went when we met up in Detroit, dog. I wanted to get a drink, bro. I didn't want to go get fucking. <laughs> I think we got food too when you came up there. I don't remember if we got food or not. Shout out, shout outs to the D. Shout yeah, out to Coney Island. Does the Reds games, do they do Skyline Chili Hot Dogs? Yeah, bro. And they do the, uh, you got to get the Sky Rosa. It's a Skyline Chili Hot Dog, and then you put it on a fucking piece of pizza. <laughs> One thing about ballpark food is they be doing the most in the ballpark, bro. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They be doing the uh, most in the ballpark. You be like, bro. What can I can I just get a popcorn, bro? Y'all trying to put shit, <laughs> all the local shit. Like I used to go to the Nationals games when the Braves were coming to. I'm a Braves fan. I know Nationals fan, and they just be in the ballpark doing the most. Like, bro, get this nasty shit, man. Let me just get some popcorn, bro, or or order fries or something. <laughs> Hell, wrong with them people. Oh, I saw true. somebody. I saw somebody get their dick sucked, uh, like a block away from the ballpark. That ain't got nothing to do with nothing. I've seen it happen though. Shout out the shout out the Nationals ballpark, man. Y'all boys is crazy up there. Shout out to Southeast DC. Today, kiddos. Folks. Today, kiddos. I was working too. I wasn't watching the Bay baseball. This was like two a.m. I was working overnight. Southeast DC. I'll tell the story another time on edit on another day. But um, today, kiddos, we're going to preview the Virginia Tech offense, the 2023 Virginia Tech Hokies offense. Um, there's a lot of question marks. There's a lot of new faces. There's some old faces. Um, but before, before I even get started on the 23, we get started on the 2023 Virginia Tech Hokies offense. It's only right that we speak on the 2022 Virginia Tech offense. It was not a good unit. Um, it was one of the, it was it was a struggling unit. Receivers. I mean, we 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 covered this ad nauseum, but we gotta, you know, it's almost like a previously on Dragon Ball Z. We gotta talk about it. Uh, wide receivers struggled to separate. Our best receiver was Caleb Smith, who who was. Ill, you know, he was kind of the big play guy. You know, he wasn't even no kind of. He was the big play guy. He was the go-to guy. He was the red zone guy. Um, and he made plays. God bless him in his retirement. We don't never want to see no young brother retired, nothing like that. But, um, yeah, Caleb was the big play guy. We got production out of Malachi Thomas. when You know, he was oft nicked up, oft injured. Uh, Keyshawn King had gave given us a spark at the beginning of the season, and you know he he kind of slowed down towards the middle and the end of the season. Um, 
the offensive line was inconsistent to say the least. There was a lot of pre-snap penalties. Uh, Joe Rudolph didn't have enough time. We ne- we will never see Joe Rudolph's full vision for the offensive line. What we did see was not good. No. Um, before we get into 2023 in this offense, we'll start with Drift. Um, I mean, what was your thoughts of the 2022 offense? So what did you see? What did you like? What did you not like? I, I didn't really like a whole lot of anything, to be honest. I, um, I, I will say, to give them credit, I liked what they were trying to do. The, at least the the coaching staff. Like I, I like the vision of like, okay, we're gonna. So you talking up. about the philosophy? Yeah, the philosophy of like, we're gonna run the ball. We're gonna beat you one on one. We're gonna try to go downfield. Like, I like that. I like the philosophy they had. Um, they couldn't execute it with the talent, and so everything else, in my opinion, was bad. I I didn't like you know I didn't like the the run game nor the pass game, but. They had the approach. The approach was there in terms of what they were trying to do. I don't know if they'll be able to do it again this year, but at least they have a year of experience, you know, under their belt. So that's just my little two cents. I'm not a, not a big fan of anything they really did last year. Before we before we swing it to Joe, I got a question for Drip. Um, obviously, Grant Wells was the starter, and – even though at times Grant Wells struggled, we can even say Grant Wells lost us a game or two or three. Yep. They never went to Jason Brown, the backup, or a Taj Bullock or anybody else for that matter. Grant was the starter. Uh, did you at one point any at any time last season want to see a quarterback change or were you in the camp? And I was in this camp of, and it's kind of not all Grant's fault. He got a lot of shit working against him. I mean, he he fucking up too. Or did you want to see a, a a quarterback change at some point? No, I mean the the quarterback talent was horrific uh, behind him. So it was, you know, I wanted to see him throughout the whole year. I didn't think there was anybody else that could do anything, and I didn't mind Grant. Like I, it, he was he wasn't great because for one, he would just kind of collapse in games and just have like judgment lapses and make terrible plays. Um, he would miss balls. But the one thing I did like about his game is he wasn't scared to throw the ball like downfield, especially. And I can live with that. Um, so I didn't, you know, I, I, I thought most of the blame was, was really just due to talent. Like they just didn't have the guys at all in the building. Uh, and the other thing about it too, is the offensive line, was just not disciplined at all. I mean, the amount of false starts and holding penalties that we had throughout the year, it was just absolutely unbelievable. So as we get into the preview, that'll be something that we'll definitely have to watch for this year is you know, how does the offensive line look, even though they're largely basically the same. But yeah, no, I was I, I didn't think they should have they they should have taken them out to make your sum it up. Yeah, I thought the offense was absolutely atrocious last year. I was looking up some stats. I believe it was one of the worst offenses at Virginia Tech since 1952. I'm not even sure. I'm not even sure if they had the forward pass back then. I don't know. But that's how bad they were. And it was just like all around bad. Most of the problems were offensive line, but somebody let me see that overhead film. I saw a lot of wide receivers running wide open. A lot. So that made me kind of be a believer in the Bowen offense a little bit. 
because I could see how he was scheming where he was attacking the secondary and Grant just wasn't seeing him, whether he didn't know the offense well enough or didn't have time either a lot of plays. But, yeah, the, the scheme looked good, but it kind of felt like they were hunting on on year one in a way. Like they really weren't going out there and just trying things. They were just keeping it real vanilla. If it worked, it worked. If it didn't work, it didn't work. You know, they they weren't really going all out after it. I mean, how many trick plays did we see last year? I think we saw one, one maybe, Boston College game. That was it. So, yeah, it kind of felt like the offense was really bad, but also part of it was they were punting on the year. That's how I felt. Yeah, I mean, I think Prize said in an interview um, sometime this offseason, one of his many interviews, that I, that I think he said that he would have thought they would have been able to run the ball better and just like in general last year. And I think it really fucked up what they were trying to do. I think they were trying to like ground and pound. And I mean, we literally could not run the ball at all. Like not a shot. Like it was, it was disgusting to watch. And you you combine that with the fact that Malachi Thomas was out for like six or seven games last year. Just, so it was just, you know, a combination of a lot of things. And when in college, when the, when the other team knows you can't run and you're going to pass, it makes things a lot harder. So yeah, it was it it was a tough year for the offense. I mean, like you said, nineteen fifty, we were fucking garbage. Bro, you know how bad you gotta be to be to have the worst offense since the fifties. God damn. No, and, and we we also had we also missed the game too. That would that would so we had one less game on the books to, to pad the stats. Like your average, like game average. I mean, let's yeah, be honest. but the game was UVA. They wouldn't, That's done anything the with they wouldn't done anything with one more game. We would have won real ugly. Might have looked like the Liberty game. We're going to add a couple hundred yards tops. They're not putting thousands of yards. Oh, no. Remember, remember Burmeister cooked up UVA? <laughs> yeah. That's true. Yeah. Burmeister, hey, sometimes you can cook the books with UVA now. <laughs> I just see you some cook the books joints with UVA. That's true. That's true. They were they were kind of saving Fuente a few of them years, man. Hell yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, the twenty twenty two offense was disappointing to say the least. I don't think anybody. No, I don't even want to say disappointing. It was bad because I don't think a lot of us were surprised. You know that they performed the way they did. Uh, Grant Wells that came in from Marshall and. A lot of Virginia Tech fans was familiar with his game uh, about the turnovers and, and things like that. Noah, Noah Noah lied, but that's what Noah does. He lies and loses his hair. Um, <laughs> Dan lied shout out too. To, shout, shout out to our guy. Shout out to our guy Noah. Shout out to Dan. That another liar. Another one that just be lying for no reason. But uh, yeah, we we were familiar a little bit familiar with Grant Wells' game, and um. He he didn't he didn't live up to our expectations, but he didn't surprise nobody either. He just kind of was he was on some grand shit, which brings us to 2023. Grant Wells is rejuvenated. Grant Wells is revitalized after a strong spring performance, and he's looking steady in in uh fall camp from from the reports I've been seeing. Just steady, nothing spectacular. 
But he looks primed. I'm not breaking no news here. And the depth charts ain't out yet for ODU. Don't nobody come fuck me up. I'm just I'm just going off for, you know, I'm reading the tea leaves. Ain't that what people like to say? It's looking like Grant Wills is going to start the season as our starting quarterback uh, with Kyron Drones backing him up and Pop, Pop Watson backing him up. So uh, I'll, I'll whip it around before we get into the offense. You got to start with the main trigger band first. Grant Wells is poised to be the returning starter at QB. It'll be the first time we had a, a, a returning starter since Lord knows when. Um, we'll start with Joe because Joe is a he's he was a vocal Grant Wells uh critic non-believer non-believer <laughs> i hate to use the words hater because grant wells was playing like shit you're not hating if you're <laughs> just saying what you're saying like hating would be like man i thought baker mayfield at oklahoma was trash that's hating saying grant wells was trash is an observation so we start with joe <laughs> man look I with, really... with, let me set you up let me let me let me, let me set you up for let me set you up with grant wells Poised to be the starting quarterback for your Virginia Tech Hokies week one. Uh, are you are, are you willing to eat some crow or is this politics? Well, like, what's your thoughts? What's your thoughts on this? I'm giving everybody a clean slate this year. But I mean, okay. we sat there at the ODU game and watched that dumb mm-hmm. bitch throw four interceptions. Like I wanted them pulled, I wanted them pulled right then, man. Like at halftime. I've seen I'd seen enough. But I mean give him a clean slate. This is year two. He's I think year two in this offense, he could be all right. He's gonna have a short leash, is what I figure. Uh Pro keeps mentioning having packages for drones, which I would really like because then it's not like Grant's trying to do do everything. We see that when he tries to be the superstar, he gets overwhelmed and just crumbles. He falls apart. So I'd really I'd really like to see maybe later in the season Jones even take that job over. Have the younger guy who's going to give us more years of eligibility kind of come through. Right. And Jones is just the more – he's the more dynamic quarterback, right? He can use his legs. Yeah. Do all these different things. So, yeah, I'd like, I think Grant's going to start. Not a huge fan of him, but I gave him a clean slate. He's got one more shot. And the coaches really need to have a short leash this year because there was nothing to threaten them with last year, like – who, who you going to put in there? You know, you weren't going to put Whitkey in right away or Devin Farrell. So they got to have a short leash. Everybody's calling for Pop Watson too, but we know they're not going to play a true freshman quarterback. He's going to redshirt. So yeah, unless something drastic happens. Yeah, it's, it's probably going to be drones. <clears throat> and I mean, I'm not super thrilled about it, but we'll see where it goes. I think he could be all right. He could be serviceable. If everything else around him's elevated, he's not the type of guy to just go out and win you a game. He, but he sure is hell the type of guy to go out and lose you a game. We saw that. So what do you got, Joe? Yeah, we've seen his movies. Yeah. No, I mean, like you said, they got a guy to turn to now with Drones being there. And I think Drones will elevate the competition in the room. So we won't have, like, you know, we started off talking about the fact that Wells played the whole season and they never benched him. We're not going to see that again if he plays like shit this year. So um, I 
I know he's going to start. Like, there's no reason why he wouldn't start the season. Um, it'll be interesting to see what his leash looks like. Uh, like, if they if he plays like ass against ODU, do they run it back against Purdue with him at quarterback, or do they switch him going into week two? I don't know. So we'll have to keep keep eyes on it. But I'm I'm cool with it, man. I I think they you know that he has three new receivers, and we'll talk about them shortly. But the whole offense is kind of redone besides the offensive line. And, um, you know, maybe he can make some shit shake. Yeah, Grant is it, 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 Grant has been given every opportunity. So if it, if he can't make it work, if he can't make it work this year, um, you know, I don't want to hear no fucking stories at the end of the year about how he would. He was given every opportunity to fail, and that what means he took every opportunity. So, me personally, I think I speak for everybody. We're rooting for Grant. Like if, like we're rooting for Grant. Like I don't get caught up in the, you know, some people marry their takes, and at the minute drones signed the dotted line, they had drones, you know, pegged as the, the savior and all of that. Best man should win the job. Best man should be out there every week. Um, I will lose faith in a head coach very fast once I realize politics comes into play and they're not out there playing the best people. So if Grant is the starter, that means I trust Tyler Bowen and I trust Brent Pryor that they have done their homework and they say this man gives us the best chance to win. And Kyron Jones needs to step his game up or step his study habits up or whatever the case may be. But as of right now, August the 14th, when you know, you might be listening to this on August the 15th. Right now, Grant Wells is the better player, whether that be experience or what or whatever the case, accuracy, poise, whatever the case may be. I mean, we all saw the spring game. That's the best thing about this shit. You can see. It's some of the scrimmages, there's footage, there's paperwork. We've seen it. Um, Hold on, I got a stamp for you guys, too. So since 2004, white quarterbacks at Virginia Tech are 46 and 40. When a black quarterback starting, 114 and 48. Do with that what you will. Don't shoot the messenger. But I had to put that stat in there. Okay, so th- this is a full L stat because trust you me, no other Virginia Tech podcast will ever utter this stat. But <laughs> so <laughs> since 2000 and what year? Four? 2004. That means since Brian Randall, the GOAT, since since the Brian Randall era of Virginia Tech, white quarterbacks are 46 and 40, you said? 46 and 40. And black quarterbacks are 149 and zero. Whatever they they go. 149 and zero. <laughs> so that lets you know. Um, 114 and 48. <laughs> 114 and 48. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Brendan Motley because I'm pretty sure he lost about 40 of them. Shout out to Brendan Motley. Don't fuck me up, bro. I'm I'm joking. I'm joking. Is Brendan Motley a black person? Like that's yeah. actually the real. Brendan Motley is not a fucking black person, bro. Yes, he is, bro. Not a black person. Josh Jackson's not a black person. Like, who are we giving these wins and losses to, bro? Because Josh Jackson is 
You know who has the most wins for a white quarterback is probably Michael Brewer, man. That's why they love his ass. They love his six and six ass. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Mike Brew. <laughs> hey, Mike Brew, come on for will tell your story, bro. I, I don't think nobody book ever booked Mike Brew. That'd be a lit podcast. I'd be like, Mike Brew, you realize you was the most ass Virginia Tech quarterback I ever seen in real life. You know that's you. See what his response would be. That would be crazy. But uh, while we still talking quarterbacks, we have to bring up the potential third-string quarterback. Uh, he has four games to play. It's one William Pop Watson. We've seen the uh, the electricity in the spring game. Um, we 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 seen the playmaking ability. He has four games. On the red shirt. Um, let me pull up this schedule right quick. I know we start with ODU, and I know we go right to Purdue, and then Rutgers, and then Marshall, and then we jump right into the ACC slate. Um, the realistic, the realistic games for to ever see a Pop Watson probably would be if we're beating somebody by sixty or some points, fifty or some points in the fourth quarter of maybe an ODU. Or Marshall, and I don't know if we're equipped to be able to beat the beat the shit out of those teams like that. But you get four Pop Watson games, so I'm a, I'm gonna ask the floor. I'm gonna ask them. Ask the guys. Uh, would you like to see Pop Watson play in some type of? It would have to be a blowout game. I don't see uh, both quarterbacks getting hurt or anything. Knock on wood. But it you know, would you like to see Pop Watson play? Um. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'd love to see him play. I mean, we saw him in the spring game. He looked like the most electric quarterback we've seen in a minute. You know, just being able to make plays, get out of the pocket. He can run. He can pass, like, quick. Um, I want to see him play more. Like, I've been itching to see him play more since he played in the spring game. I'd love to see him this season. So get him out there, even if it's for, like, two, maybe three games. If we If we're winning like that, I'd love to see him out there. What about you, Joe? Yeah, I want to see him play. And I know you guys mentioned blowout games, but I think maybe down the stretch, you dial up some tricky packages, you scheme some shit up for him, and you use him when you really got to have it. So maybe that UVA game is the game that, you know, we have to win to make a bowl game. And the Pop Pop Watson package gets us that go-ahead touchdown. Or, you know, Q's on a Thursday night. Like, Pop Watson just seems like a big-time player. Like, you can tell. Like, when, when the lights are bright, he's shining. You know, Grant's yeah, he's like type. the fastest player on the team already. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. He's athletic as hell. You know, Grant's kind of been the type that when the sun got a little too high, he turned into a raisin. So I think that you can use Pop in those, you know, high-pressure situations or when you really got to use it, when you really need the juice. I think that I would love to see him, man. I'd love to see him play. I, Obviously, they're going to give him a red shirt, but like Vito said, you got the four games. I think you use them when you need them. I wouldn't, I wouldn't burn them in a blowout, to be honest with you. Yeah, that's the best thing about the red shirt rule is they don't have to be for the first four. They could be whenever you know strategically placed or whenever. I, I just know, knowing us, how how we like to play games. It damn sure wouldn't be available to us during the ACC schedule. Those games are going to be pretty tight. Um, 
against pretty much all of our opponents. They're going to be games that's within reason. I don't, I don't see us putting up 50 and 60 points on any of our ACC opponents. It can happen. I just don't see it. Running backs. We all, we all know about the very talented, but Nick Dinnack, Malachi Thomas, but he got some running mates with him this year. He has Bayshul Tootin, who was a transfer, who was uh, – he's been getting a lot of – it's been a it's been a, a, a Tootin agenda going yeah. on amongst Hokie Twitter. A lot – it's been a lot of Tootin hype, obviously. And, and then there's – we got Bryce Duke coming back for his sophomore year and Chance Black and Jeremiah Coney that rounds out the running back rotation. Now I say rotation, but it's looking it's looking like it's gonna be like a duo that carries the the big load, and then probably Bryce Duke. Uh, they're gonna have some shit for him where he can receive the ball out of the backfield. Bryce Duke is a versatile weapon, and then Chance Black is kind of like the he can do some of it all outside of getting tough yardage, but he can run, he can receive a little bit, he got a little bit of wiggle to him, yep. and then Coney. He got four games to to get a carry here or there. But uh, once again, I'll open it up to the guys. Uh, the Tootin, Malachi Thomas duo. Maybe more so, maybe more so a Tootin with uh, Malachi's injury. I won't say yeah. history, but prone, you know, prone to be injured and miss time and miss games. It may be Tootin carrying the load. How y'all feeling about the backs this year? Tootin, uh, Tootin's got the hype, like you said. I mean, he's been the agenda is uh, full steam ahead on Twitter. Um, it, it looks like they're gonna split right down the middle, and I'm good with that. And they kind of have a different skill set, anyways. But I mean, we know as well as anybody else, like your offensive line has a big part to do with your run game, and. Um, you know, I really hope we can we can do something up front to let these guys get get a little open, um, or else it's going to be looking spooky for them. So I'm excited for the running back room. I'm going to hold my breath on them a little bit till I see some gaps because because I, I feel like if they just I feel like they could get killed like last year if there's nothing up front. So uh, I'm pumped for them though. I think they got a good room. I think they got a lot of talent. Uh, Chance Black, I've always liked him. I thought he could be a good player, and I'm glad that he stuck around and didn't transfer out because they got a lot of players in that room. Uh, and I think Bryce Duke is going to be solid as well in the future. So good little rotation. We saw Jeremiah Coney at the spring game, and he looked good. So I'm all in. I think we got a good back back group. And, um, you know, this, this group really went from, like, ass to pretty good in, like, a, a three-year span. So I'm happy with it. Yeah, the stable is full again, man. And you actually need a pretty deep running back room because we saw it last year. You know, if your top guy goes down, okay, next man up. But when you start getting outside of those top two, most of the time it gets a little spooky in those running back rooms. And last year we saw that. You know, so this year we know that we're, you know, what, four, maybe five deep. We got enough depth to actually get through a season with running back. I like Tootin. I think he has the most potential of anybody on the team. We've seen what he's done already. Yeah, he's proven. He's a proven bat. Uh, Thomas, he's good. He runs really hard and has good vision, but he's just – he's not durable. But the guy I really like is Bryce Duke. 
runs a clean route, has good hands. We saw the wheel the wheel route once last year with him against Wofford, and he scored. Then they buried the play. So I'm kind of hoping that they were just trying to hide it for this year, you know. So I'm hoping we see more Bryce Duke. I think he's electric. I like his running style. He has a good jump cut. Coney, I think he's one of those guys that you really don't want to play unless you have to, maybe the four-game limit, because you still got Chance Black right there. And Chance Black, he's a player too, man. He's slippery. We saw when he did. I don't know why they didn't use him as much last year. It seemed kind of like counterproductive to me in a way. They were running Holston over him, and Chance Black seemed to be twice the player to me, if you ask me. So I'd like to see Black get some more carries too, and I think it'll happen. I don't think Thomas is you know, the type of guy that can hold up for a year. I think Tootin right now has a lower leg injury as well, Price said. So we're finally loaded up, finally got the room full. Running back room's looking good. Yeah, and the best thing about this running back room is um, unless somebody goes out there and dominates and wins ACC player of the year or something, everybody can come back next year. There's no seniors. There's no six-year seniors. There's no eighth-year veterans. There's no, you know, nothing like that going on. Everybody's young outside of Tootin. Tootin is the veteran. Everybody's young. It's a young room. It's a young – they got potential. They can still grow. Uh, even Malachi, like – we saw what Malachi did as a as a freshman that that uh, 2021 season. We saw what Malachi uh, could do, what he did in that Syracuse game, and he had another great game. I can't remember, but the Syracuse game what Malachi Thomas did coming bursting onto the scene and um, making plays, and even last year he had a he had a great game before he got hurt, made an amazing catch, and and. He was looked at as the running back, and Keyshawn King was looked at as the receiving back. And Malachi Thomas had the best catch of any back on the uh, team. So Malachi showed some some sneaky receiving abilities. But um, it's it's about you know, y'all know the name of the game. It's about staying healthy and things like that. So um, hopefully with this with the new strength and conditioning. Uh, they, we can keep guys on the field, but uh, injuries happen. Um, it's just part of that's also part of the game too. So, shout out to the running back room. I, uh, I like the, I like the potential of the backs. Um, and like I said, everybody, you know, can come back if they so choose. Tight ends, uh, not my. This isn't my favorite subject to talk about. Um, but we're going to talk about him. Nick Gallo returns. Uh, Nick Nick Gallo is not really my cup of tea as far as the tight end. Daquan Wright, Daquan Wright is coming back, and Daquan Wright could be an X factor, in my humble opinion. I think I think Daquan Wright got all the stuff that uh, he's in that he's in that Bucky Hodges mode. Obviously, he's not six seven like Bucky, but uh, just. It looks like like a receiver body, like a receiver in a tight end's body is Daquan Wright. He has that type of ability. Uh, Benji Gosnell is back from injury, and um, he's he's also going to be in the building. I'll open it up. I'll start with Joe. I'll start with Joe. What's your thoughts on the tight end room, man? Yeah, I think the tight end room got a little deeper this year. I mean, last year we had – Gallo, who, yeah, he's not really my style either. He's extremely slow, you know, 
in the passing game, couldn't get his shoulders turned around. He he had a hard time even falling for a first down. But we got Daquan right back. He's fast, man. He gives me like Bucky Hodges vibes in a way when he's out there running routes. He can make things happen with the ball in his hands, as we've seen. But then we got, you know, we got little guys now. I think he's going to be a good player. Kind of depends on how explosive he is after the injuries. And mm-hmm. then in the spring game, I think uh, we saw Harrison St. Germain. He was looking mm-hmm. pretty good. And then we had, uh, who was that that Grant threw a couple passes? It was that Cole Pettit. So, yeah, maybe, Pitt, Cole Pickett. Yeah, Cole maybe Pitt. it was Pickett, man. He was, he, I think he had, he was in the 40s or something. So, yeah, he he I think, I think we'd be looking a little better. What do you think, Drift? No, it's a, it's a, you know, tight ends aren't sexy position. I think Nick Gallo is the, the prototypical build for the offense that this staff wants to run. Like they need a tight end that can block primarily first and then be a receiving, you know, prowess. So I think that's why, um, I think that's why Daquan Wright is second on the, on the, you know, on the depth chart as of right now. But I think if he can turn into a better blocker and if he can put some weight on, he will be a super complete tight end, especially in this system. They're going to run a lot of one and two tight end sets. And I think Daquan Wright's going to get a lot of opportunities to get some one-on-one matchups with some safeties and linebackers. And he can, uh, he's kind of a a mismatch nightmare. So I think he could turn into a beast in the future. I'm really hoping his development takes a, a big step up this year. Um, So we got the potential there. I mean, we could be going into 2024 thinking we have the best tight end in the ACC, you know, going into his junior year, he could be, he, he has that type of upside. So I'm about it. If he can stop the fumbles, you're talking about a, you're talking about a real deal. You're talking about the real deal. Yeah. He flashed that type of, he, he flashed that type of potential last year. And, (laughs) And I ain't trying to beat up on Nick Gallo. I mean, but Nick Gallo, he's the guy you hit in the flats. He's going to catch the ball and fall over. It's, it is what it is. You can't expect no big plays out of Nick Gallo. Nick Gallo, uh, if you have a dad that's listening to this, please don't fuck me up in no games if I go to any games. Uh, it's just true for the situation, man. Please don't fuck me up. Um, the man going to catch the ball fall down. It's all good. It's all good. Listen, it happens to everybody. It happens to the best of them. Offensive line. Oh, let's get to the crazy. Let's get to the madness. Offensive line, offensive line is uh has been much maligned since our good friend um Vance Vice has left. Uh, offensive line has been maligned. It's, it's been a mess. But um, the left side of the offensive line, I'm cool. I'm cool. You got the you got the Moore twins. You got Brody Meadows. I'm I'm not I'm I don't hate life on the left side. The right side is kind of nasty. Um Don V Friday's uh punching bag, 4L punching bag, Bob Schick starting that right guard. Um Bob Schick, we don't hate you, bro. We don't hate Bob Schick. I don't hate Bob Schick personally. Um I don't dislike Bob Schick. He's a he's a man. He he making the best of his opportunity, but he starts. He does. It just, it just, it just is what it is. It is and he's it bad. Is what it is. 
But at least Parker. he's going from tackle to the guard. That's a he went from tackle to guard. Parker Clements. Parker Clements was he didn't have his best season last year, and we had a retirement. I'm 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 blanking. Jesse Somebody Hansen. retired. Jesse Hansen retired. So I'm not fond of the. Uh, I'm not fond of what we got going on with the offensive line, and then inevitably when injuries start to take hold, um, we don't have a lot of depth. We got Dak, Dak's brother at center. Uh, you got Johnny Garrett, who was a turnstile at the spring game. It, it, it's you got freshmen. It's it's bad. It, it, it ain't no other way to put it. Ron, Ron Crook is taking over. Um, what Joe Rudolph was trying to establish last year, and he has to turn that into an ACC level offensive line. I'm gonna turn it over to Drift to start. Uh, what's your thoughts on this offensive line? It's it's looking pretty poor. Uh, I don't think you mentioned Xavier Chaplin. Um, but oh, I haven't. I think he could be okay uh, if he if he plays. I mean, that's he's he's had a lot of injury problems as well and i don't think he played in the spring game if that's if i'm I'm remembering correctly um it's gonna be tough it's gonna be tough but ron crook is the type guy that can get more with less uh joe rudolph was not that guy and so i don't know who knows maybe this line can be serviceable maybe they can just be just good enough to get by uh and maybe they can avoid injuries and can have some continuity and maybe they can play mistake free and we're an okay line. So that's, I mean, that's best case scenario. I'm hoping for it. It's looking pretty bad right now. Um, a lot of young kids on this offensive line. So maybe in the future, as they get older, things will look better, but this year it's looking like by far the worst unit on this team. Yeah. I almost think they're kind of just as bad as last year because we lost Silas, obviously. Uh, we we lost somebody else too. I can't remember who the other guy we lose is, but yeah, uh, yeah. the the center, center. Whoever the yeah, fuck Johnny Gordon. Yeah, and he wasn't great by any means. I'm not saying he was, but he was an experienced guy. He'd been in P5 level for a while. I think yep. he'd won a quarter two. So we've got first time center now. I like the Moore brothers. I think they're pretty good, but outside of that, I mean Xavier Chaplin's had a really hard time staying healthy. Last yeah. year he was. I think his last two years at high school, he was hurt. So we have nobody behind him, which seems to be the problem over there at left tackle. Uh, Bob Schick's Bob Schick. We know that. And Parker Clements, he just didn't look good last year. They claim that it was because he was hurt. I mean, some of that might be going to a different type of blocking scheme as well. But we really don't have nobody behind Parker Clements either. So one injury and cancel Christmas. But I think the O-line is going to be the reason that we lose some games, to be honest with you. It's a weak unit. And usually when you got a thin O-line, you got a thin field goal line and punt line. So that might give us other problems in other areas as well. So O-line looking kind of shaky. You got to do something, Ron Crooks. It's not, not, hey. not, not looking good. I did hear – Pry's been gassing up Parker Clements, and I don't I don't know if it's just the the Brent Pry like I'm trying to generate some hype deal, but he has been gassing him up as if he took this like massive step this offseason. 
Um, I sure fucking hope so. But <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how much of that is like is true. So if he's if he's like 50% better than he was last year, I'll fucking take it in a heartbeat. So but I don't know, man. It's gonna be tough. He's not a very talented, you know, talented kid, anyways. Yeah, it's, it's the offensive line is um that's the hold your breath uh unit. That's the that's the group that um and they're gonna be forced to grow up quick. Like Penn State ain't coming to fuck off like Penn State, Penn State, Purdue. Purdue ain't coming to fuck off with us. Like Purdue is like Purdue is definitely coming to goddamn you we know what Purdue is capable of. It is is it, Purdue historically outside of Rondell Moore, like you don't fear what they about to bring at the skill positions. You know they they bring in their lunch pails, they bring in their all that in the trenches. That's that's what Purdue does. So Purdue not coming to play with us. Rutgers ain't coming to play with us. It's, it, they got to grow up fast. They're gonna have to grow up real fast. So we shall see. But um, like I say, the left side of the line, am I? Right. I ain't gonna say I'm great. I ain't gonna say it's great, but I'm alright. But that right side, mm, mm, I'm a little nervous. Yeah, it's and that and the feature presentation of the of the evening, um, the ice into the cake, the receivers. We went from, you know, Stephen Gosnell, uh, they won, they won Lofton, Caleb Smith, um. Another receiver, I can't I'm blanking, but uh, it's damn near a whole different crop out there. We got three transfer receivers, the the much hyped Ali Jennings, of course, the Daquan Felton, who was a uh, Norfolk State transfer, seven five seven kid, and then you got Jalen Lane, a Middle Tennessee State transfer, and um, like I said, I don't have the 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 the, the too deep. The depth chart hasn't come out yet for ODU. These is all projections and predictions. But it's looking like Jennings, Felton, and Lane are going to be your starters at receivers. At receiver. And then you got Gosnell, who had a great spring. Tucker Holloway, who's becoming a folk legend. And they want Lofton backing those guys up. And then, of course, you got XTB. And, and and young guys behind them. Start with Joe. Uh, is this receiving core improved? Is it twice as good? Is it overhyped? What's your thoughts on these receivers, man? Man, I think they went from the worst wide receiver room in the ACC to one of the best really quick. I mean, that transfer portal, it gives and it takes. And and this year it gives, man. It was good to us. Ollie Jennings, I mean, he beat us at ODU last year. He caught the game winner, you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he scored a few times. So Ollie Jennings, uh, Felton, he is who we really needed Caleb Smith to be last year. Caleb was hurt. Big body. A big body, a guy down in the goal line, a guy that can run a clean route and throw that jump ball to and tell him go get it. That's who we really needed. And then you got Jalen Lane. I mean, he's an absolute burner. We saw what he did to Miami. He absolutely tore them a new one. So, I mean, we're just way deeper, but the top end talent is so much higher this year. 
I mean, I'm I'm really high in the wide receiver room. If our quarterbacks can't get it done with this group of wide receivers, then they're just not it. What you got, Drew? No, I, I'm 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 right there with you, man. I also think behind them, the depth is, is going to be very much needed. Like when Jennings and Felton and Lane need a need a snap out or whatever, like Gosnell, Holloway, and, and Lofton can come in 100 percent and they can make a play happen. You know what I mean? Like I thought Gosnell had probably the best wide receiver performance of the spring game, albeit the spring game doesn't really mean shit. Um, he played well, and Holloway is a is a young wide receiver with some promise as well. Lofton has a ton of experience. I mean, not great experience, but a lot of like game experience. So for him to now be taking a much smaller role, I feel like he'll excel in that small role that he now has. Um, so I'm 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 all in on this receiving room. We should be able to score substantially more than we did last year, just from you know, the additions in the receiving room. So I'm pumped to see it. I got a lot of high hopes for Daquan Felton. Um, he is fucking massive. Like he is all way, all the way six, five. Um, and so if he can, he can, if he can get it, get it together on the field, he's going to be a real good player. So I'm pumped for this room. What about you Vito? Yeah, I pretty much agree with y'all. Daquan Felton is, um, you need that jump ball guy. You need that jump ball guy. The thing about the ACC is that a lot of it's a lot of lengthy corner. It's a lot of lengthy corners. It's a lot of big corners in this league. Um, strong corners. We gonna so you need that jump ball guy. You need a guy that's gonna win at the uh at the high point. You gonna you need a guy that's gonna win because outside of like Drip said, outside of Caleb Smith, we sorely lack guys that will uh, attack the ball. And, and and things of that nature. We had guys that struggled with drops and inconsistency. So these guys, these guys, Jennings, Felton, and Lane are, are veteran guys. They've played a lot of football, you know, so guys that seen it, done it, done it at different levels, and um, they're going to be able to come in and play the game. Ali Jennison had the best spring game for as much hype as he got. He didn't have the best spring game. He didn't instill a lot of, you know, confidence. But hopefully that was just a bad day. And, um, that you know, what we've seen in his past is the normal when he was just having an off day. That's that's pretty much it for the offense. Your, your 2023 Hokies. If, if last year's offense was the worst since 1950-something, um, this this offense has to be twice as productive. Just going off the talent on paper. I can only go off what I see on paper. And I I see a twice as productive offense as last year. Take that with a grain of salt, because last year's offense was ass. You know, so one plus one does equal two. But you know, that was one at first. So I see a twice as productive offense that's gonna keep us in games. I don't think they're gonna run up 60, 70 points on anybody. Um, not without the help of the defense getting pick sixes or some shit. Uh, I don't but I, I don't think it's that type of offense, but I think it's a step in the right direction. It's, I think this year we're gonna resemble a P5 offense. Oh yeah, absolutely. We we'll have to um to be able to compete with anybody, but I, I think it's a big step up, and that's why when we get to predictions, I'm gonna 
predict what I'm going to predict because I think this offense is going to step it up a notch. And uh, when we do get to our defensive preview, we'll go over that. I do think our defense is going to take a step up, but just because of like them getting older. Um, so I got, I got hopes for this offense to be something special and special. I mean, just like be good, just serviceable. If the offensive line can be serviceable. So I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to see the, the players and, and see what we can do on the field. I got one for you guys and we'll, we can start with Vito this time around. Who is going to be your all's breakout player on the offense this year? That's what I want to know. The easy, I guess the cop out is Tootin because Tootin has had so much hype, you know, coming in, coming in. So I'm going to, I'm going to take, I'm going to take the hallway and I'm going to just say the more brothers on the offensive line. I think, we as Virginia Tech fans know about them, but I think they'll they'll be bigger names across the ACC landscape by the end of the year. That's Braylon Moore and Caden Moore on the offensive line. The Moore brothers, um, I think those are my. If I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be cheating and I'm gonna use two. I'm gonna I'm gonna say the Moore brothers are all ACC worthy by the end of the season. I like that. Um, oh man, this is a tough one because I feel like the obvious answers for the most part are already known uh or already proven in some sort of way. I would say uh somebody who I thought was bad but might do some good things this year is Steven Gosnell. I could see him coming in as like a fourth wide receiver and making some plays, uh getting open and maybe scoring a couple touchdowns and being like a much better contributor than he was last year. So maybe he could be a breakout in the way of like your perception of him going from being like a, a, a mediocre, bad white, you know, wide receiver to being like a little, like nice little player that we can, that we can throw in there and get a first down, be a slot receiver. So I, I think I'm going to take Steven Gosnell on that one. What about you? Uh, you got one for us, Joe? Yeah, yeah, I got one. And I'll tell you, man, I know you went with guys now. I mean, I know that Vito went with the Moore brothers. But, man, I'll tell you, I think it's going to be Jalen Lane, man. I think everybody's looking at the other two big wide receivers. And Lane is just such a slot burner guy that I think he's going to get a lot of those underneath routes, a lot of those quick passes. That's the guy, man. I think he's going to have a good year. I'm not saying he's going to lead the team in wide, re wide receiver yards or anything, but I think that he's going to have a good year. I could definitely see it. Um, he, he's got that. Like, I feel like those other two guys are going to draw a lot of attention and he's going to feed off of the one-on-one -on -one matchups that he's going to get and um, maybe be like a check down player that can turn it into a big gain. So yeah, I'm, they're probably going to, I'm all him. in. We're going to catch him on linebackers a lot. I think if you motion him, he's the guy that can show if they're, you know, if they got man or zone packages. But I think that you're going to get a lot of mismatches with him. If you can catch him on a middle linebacker even, you know, if they're let's say they're running a 4-2, or even the outside linebackers, I don't think any of those guys can keep up with him. So I think he's going to be your mismatch guy. Guy that's going to be really good on screens. So I, that's the guy I got, man. 
I'm I'm expecting a lot from him. I'm expecting a lot from him and the other two transfer receivers like Jennings and, and Felton. Like I, I I fully my expectations for them are they will be ACC level top end ACC level wide receivers and they will have the production this year as well. So anything less of that to me is a letdown for their talent level and their you know, who they are. So uh, I got a lot riding on those three guys and I hope they I hope they back it up with their play. All right, you you y'all put it on these receivers, and then we had quarterback issues all year. It it ain't got nothing to even do with them. <laughs> oh, we had worse offensive line issues, and the ball can't even get past to them. Um, but the the the, the, the uh, upgrades we needed at receiver, the upgrades were needed. Uh, we could we could not go into twenty twenty three with the same situations last year. That shit was crazy. Well, the um, reason I the reason I say that video is because I remember last year, like watching every game, being like, "Our receivers are in jail right now. Like we we can't even get open." And and that being like one oh, of the yeah. big reasons why our offense was ass. So I'm looking at this year as like, okay, all those times where I thought the receivers were garbage and couldn't get open, at least now we have the talent to be able to win those one on ones. And going back to why I liked last year's. Uh, like offense in terms of the philosophy, they they put receivers in a lot of one-on-one situations to win. So I'm banking on these guys to win and win their matchups. And so hopefully they can do that. Yeah. Yeah. That, there's your 2023 Virginia Tech offense. Uh, it's going to be an interesting ride. I can say that. I can definitely say that. Uh, anything else happened in the world? It's crazy world. Well, the blind side is officially canceled. Um, in a extremely compelling turn of events, turns out that fucking Michael Orr was never adopted. Um, so he never received the what is it? The royalties that he was supposed to receive from the movie. Uh, so the family made like over three hundred million dollars, and he didn't get a dime of that. So a lot of lot of bad blood, a lot of bad publicity on that one. What do y'all got it's, to say? It's, it's hard because I've been I've been going back and forth on my mind on this because according to the movie, I only saw the movie. I don't know what happened in real life. And the movie, obviously, it's a movie. There's got to be entertaining. It's gonna be stuff that happened that wasn't that bad. That you know, they're gonna make things look worse than the world. They're gonna make stuff. Certain shit that was bad, they're gonna make it seem a little better than it was. That's that's a movie. Right. But he was homeless. I'm assuming this really happened. He was really homeless, and um it, they they the family took him in and uh had him playing football and all of that, and they hooked him up with Hugh Freeze of all fucking people. And uh <laughs> like to get up. <laughs> They hooked him up with Hugh Freeze. The next thing you know, it's all good. He's all SEC uh, left tackle. Uh, he, he's pancaking niggas in the trap house and all this other weird shit. And off to the NFL, happily ever after. The only thing I could say, because, you know, it's been put out there like uh, they didn't really adopt him. And... They 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 were allowed to make money off of them or whatever the case may be. When you are a homeless person, and I'm assuming he was really homeless and they really took him in, 
Me personally, if I was ever homeless and in that position, I'd probably sign whatever paperwork to live under these white people roof too. And you come to find out it won't really adoption papers. Uh, we only care about that shit is because he actually worked out. He actually became an NFL first-round pick. And the, the story, even if they took some liberties, was compelling enough to make a book and make a movie out of it. Um, I, can't, I ain't about to sit up here and say these people knew that he was about to be a, a first-round left tackle and, and, and get Hugh Freeze a job and all this other shit. I think, they, I think it's two sides. I think they did have some dickheadedness to them, some white saviorism, save this black man and all this other weird shit that white people be doing making black people their pets and all this other weird shit. But I think also, uh, I think they genuinely wanted to look out for the man um, and give him somewhere to stay and get him into the church and playing football and all that. Because if you see a 6'5", 300-something pound motherfucker just in the neighborhood, homeless, I'd probably, hey, bro, I got the money, I got the means, I got the extra room, bro, come stay with me, bro. We're gonna get you on a football field or basketball court somewhere. Uh we're gonna be gonna but uh yeah. That that's my thoughts on it though. Yeah, the the real oh go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go no, ahead, Joe. No, go ahead, Joe. Well, from what I saw, the the real like story, I guess, is that he fucking like he was he was already playing football and he was like a foster kid bouncing around from like home to home and mm-hmm. he was he was like doing well in school too and then and then the family came upon him like during his success and kind of like brought mm-hmm. him in and like capitalized him on it so it wasn't like like the movie depicts it as like they found this kid and like they were like oh you're big like you should play football and taught him how to play and now he's good and shit like and apparently in the story the real life story he was already good like he he already like was doing well in class he was already good at football and they kind of just came in and and slid on the success and kind of made it like like they they did it you know what i mean so that's kind of what threw me off on it to be honest yeah i just kind of thought that like the Disney movie didn't give the whole, the correct story. You know, they had to dial that shit up and make it, you know, corny, feel good and all that stuff for, you know, for Disney standards and the sale. But I mean, man, it's just, it kind of feels like they took advantage of him, you know, because, you know, they got a kid that's in a bad situation. He wants somewhere to stay that's warm, have a roof over his head real bad, probably. So I feel like he kind of got taken advantage of. I kind of feel like that would have been a good time to have some NIL wise at Ole Miss, you know, might have prevented some of this and get an actual <laughs> lawyer to look at things before he signed it. And it's kind of sad to get see people get stuck in conservatorships. You know, we saw that with Britney Spears. You know, now she's a crackhead. And I feel like he I feel like he got taken advantage of, man. I feel like they saw a good story on the rise. They got tired of selling them Chick-fil-A sandwiches. Got tired of cutting up pickles early on Saturday morning and say, found me a meal ticket. And found the meal ticket. They found the meal ticket, man. They rode that shit to the ground. So that's kind of how I feel about it. I feel like they they rode his ass to the ground, man. Dude, what they should have what they should have done it, it, is like not used his real name and not use their real name and just made it like a based on a true story movie. Cause that's what it was. Like it was based on a true story. And then it was a bunch of bullshit. 
Like they should have taken the names out of it because that's what made it so like about money and about royalties and about the fact that the family was involved and they needed the money for the movie. Like they should have just taken the story and turned it into a movie and left the people out of it. Cause I think that's what really like ended up fucking the story over in the long term. Cause then it's about yeah. Michael Orr, you know what I mean? It's not just some random person. So but yeah, no, yeah. It's, it's it's bad news. Yeah, and then and then Sandra Bullock legacy takes a hit because like all she did was do her job as an actress. And she did a good and ass now, job. And, and now they looking at her like bit, like you was part of some bullshit. Um, yeah, man. Shout out to Sandra Bullock. Like, we need more legends like her uh in the world. But yeah, shout out to the uh to the family that's out here taking advantage of black people, bro. Out here scamming and finessing this. We salute you. We salute our scammers and finessers. It's still for real. But uh you could at least broke them off some of the check. God damn, white people. I guess they were like, man, that nigga make it an NFL check, man. You don't need none of this money. Bro, break me. It's my story, bro. You can't tell the story without me. Break me off some of that bag. They would they made 300 million. I don't believe they made all that, but even if they made three million, come here, man. Come here, check, bro. I think I saw some. They made like, what was it 50 cent? No, two dollars for every movie sold. Something like that, which is a fucking lot of money if you think about That's it. A lot of money. That's a lot. Yeah, they should at least broke them all. But the break thing, the thing that was fucked up is that like they did it based on like it was for the family. So it was like anybody that was in their like family got the money. So the two kids and the two parents got the money. But and but Michael Orr should have got the money because he was in the family, but he actually wasn't because he was he wasn't adopted. He wasn't actually adopted. So that that's just that's yeah, so that's fucked. That's the story of America. White people benefiting off a of black man's sweat. That's the way America was built, kiddos. Ain't nothing new. That's something as American as apple pie. That's the thing else happening. That's the American dream, baby. <laughs> Anything else happening out here? I think that's it, man. That is it for 4L. That was the offensive preview for the 2023 season. We shall return next week with the defensive and special teams preview. It's almost that time, gentlemen. Uh, the, the the games are about to be played. All the lives get to cease. Uh, everybody that's it. I seen somebody tweet today, uh, a post today, that uh, Grant Wales is going to break the Virginia Tech uh, passing record in one season. I mean, the season record for passing yards in the season. And it's August, bro. You can type shit like that. It don't, you know, it don't mean nothing. You know, the games ain't played yet. Uh, but, yeah, in a couple of weeks, the last cease. And all we got is the footage we see. It be our eyeballs. No more agendas, no more lies. That's the best thing about football, bro. You can lie, lie, lie from January to August. And then when the games start, all the line need to stop. Cause uh we can see we we you gotta show your work. Remember that shit in uh math class, show your work. Don't just give me the answers. So uh that's it. That's it for Foel. Anything left y'all got to say before we sign on? Yeah, I just want to tell Ken Heath of Mary, Virginia, fuck you. Uh for those who don't know, Ken Heath 
he is a drain on community and the society in general. And he's kind of been draining the money out of the youth football program. So now kids are having to go to other areas, going to Abingdon or all the way down to Bristol or Whitfield. So, Ken Heath, you fat fuck, fuck you. Ken Heath, fuck Damn. you. Fuck yeah. Ken Heath. How'd you find out about right. this, Joe? My brother coaches football. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that pretty much settles it. Ken Heath, fuck you. You out? He's not. He's not. You're not good in my neighborhood, Chief. So, and anybody that sees Ken Heath around town, anybody down there in SWVA, give him the finger for me. Tell him it's from Joe. It's I'll from see Joe. you around. Yeah, definitely. Don't pull up to no Virginia Tech tailgates, my boy. You are not good in New River Valley, neither. That's it for 4L, y'all. God bless. Finesse. The more money feel like they like your less. Just bought a hundred rounds and I bought a vest. Caught a battle. Ain't turn no by young nigga. Pack the test. I'm with my killers. We bout to slide. We all ride to the death. You never ever win this death. Valentino when I step. Calico on my right. Michael Draco on my left. Caught the body then I left. Good gas nigga. Come take a breath. Had to get them up and clean up a mess.